and we are back. Yep. Happy New Year. Been gone for a minute. Now I'm back again. What? Yeah, that's. Uh, <clears throat> Welcome to Ink Battle, a podcast about creativity and parenting and creative parenting. Yep. We are your hosts. (laughs) What's so funny? No, it's just always funny. (laughs) Um, I am Brittany N. Williams. (laughs) I'm Daniel. Jose Older. I wanted to start by saying, you know, I know one of the number one rules of podcasting and, and posting things and whatever is to be consistent. Yeah. However... The number one rule of all things is self-care. Yes. And, and also, <laughs> do the work that pays you. Do the work that, that's part of, <laughs> yes, that, that, that's also self-care. Yep. <laughs> Getting paid is self-care, unfortunately. Is. Capitalism. But, um, with all, boo, which is all, all of which is to say, here we are back. Um, it's been a couple months mm-hmm. because we were practicing self-care. So, congratulations to us. We were also aware of our capacity and lack thereof (laughs) to to spend an hour (laughs) talking about things into a microphone. Um, But that said, I really do enjoy doing this and I'm really happy we're doing it again. So welcome back, babe. Oh, thank you. Welcome back to you, too. We're married, by the way. Uh, Surprise. If you've listened (laughs) this far and you don't know that, I I don't. Well, they might be just jumping in now. Yeah. You know, if you're just jumping in, welcome. We're married. (laughs) Otherwise, the running joke of us just knowing a lot about each other's kids. Right. <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious. And then, like, we would end up together anyway. Mm. That's a that's a rom com book that you boom, should write. Boom, boom. So you should write it. Uh, oh yeah, I'm she's still, been on me to write yeah. a rom com, which you know it might happen. I think you could do it. I do write very romantic shit. You do. Uh, you really do. I'm not against it. It just hasn't. Maybe that. Maybe this is well. But what if we're writing a book right now right. as we talk? The seed is being seeded. Writing, is this how you write a book? Are we writing it right now? You actually can like talk to text, dictate a book, that's and true. that's how um, that dude who wrote the book uh, five thousand words per hour. That's how he hits five thousand words per hour oh, by yeah. dictating. Well, you know, speaking of that guy, we should talk about that because that really transformed your process in, oh, in yeah. during our break period. Uh, Chris Fox, I want to say his name is. Do it now. Um, he, oh yeah, we'll no, no. talk later. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, do we'll it now. It. No, <laughs> now. Okay, I'll do it live. I'll do it live. Do it live. Do it right now. Um, right now. Here yeah, we go. Chris Fox wrote this book called Five Thousand Words Per Hour. Boom. And um, it's okay it is what if we did this like the like one of those morning shows that i was just like Uh, we need the we need the little sound effects yeah the sound effects board (laughs) oh man we could have sage do it in post five thousand words per hour (laughs) (laughs) okay go ahead um anyway uh (laughs) bit over but he he wrote uh this book five thousand words per hour and it's basically uh gives you methods for fast drafting um and what you do is you do a series of writing sprints uh and you kind of let that power you through to the end of your book you track your word count in a spreadsheet to see like how many words you write within an hour and it ultimately it got me up to writing like 3000 words a day um in 10 minute sprints each uh ultimately it would I would do it over maybe like 2 or 3 hours of like work break um it's extremely like, fast yeah like work break um 
little tidbits. Um, the draft was real rough. She was real rough. But in a moment where I was completely burnt out, um, struggling to get any words on the page, and I had this deadline just looming over me, um, and also travel coming up, mm-hmm. like approaching as the deadline approached, mm. um, it was really helpful. And it really, um, it got me, I wrote like, 53,000 words in October, but mm-hmm. only letting myself write Monday through Friday between um, when we dropped off the kid and when we picked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, no writing on weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because one aspect of um, healing from burnout is to, that we kind of forget about, is to um, restructure your life so that you do not put yourself in that situation again where Mm. you're just um pouring all of your energy out to the point where you're just gonna feel like a wrung out washcloth at the end of time like at the end of the day and you can't really you can't that's unsustainable right Um, it's like like doing a spiritual cleanse on your house and your house is a messy disaster so there's just mm -hmm. gonna be more you know negative energies creeping and crawling around all those piles of whatever yeah or it's like it's like painting the exterior of your house without actually like Chipping doing anything the, yeah no like without doing anything on the inside oh, it's like yeah. <laughs> oh my house needs a refreshing uh there's dishes in the sink and there's laundry undone um let me just paint the exterior <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Don't do and then that. you'll be like whoo that feels great until you walk in the door and, and then it's the whole like, house oh, falls Lord. down <laughs> right right yeah uh, that was gonna say that well no what were we gonna say no, that's it. I was, I was going to start running with that one, oh, with that metaphor. Yes. We don't need to. No, no more. we made no, our no, point. Drop the metaphor, ma'am, ma'am, drop <laughs> bit, the metaphor, please. Bit over. <laughs> the, <laughs> the first job of a first draft is to exist, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one way to make it exist. Some people like editing. Sociopaths. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Virgos. No, you, listen, the book books are made in editing, so. Yes, if you hate editing, then you just got to, I don't know, figure out a way to like it better. That's me. I I hate editing. You don't hate every I, no, round I don't. of editing. No, I don't. I don't. I just, I like writing more than I like editing. Okay. Did we talk about this already? I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, we talked yeah. about beginnings, middles, and ends, so we probably did. Okay. Anyway. It's a if good not, one. go ahead and tell us we to will. talk about it again. We can. One day. Not right now. I wanted to tell a Tito story because oh, it's such a good one. Go for it. And we, we do talk about parenting on this podcast sometimes. Because it's a podcast about parenting. And creativity. And creative parenting. <laughs> anyway, this morning we were having... I can't tell the story without laughing. I already tweeted it, so you may be familiar with the story, but we were, we were having breakfast and both Tito and I were... <laughs> I can't do it. He's so it. funny. They no, were, no, no, I got no, it. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, all right. All right. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I can do it. Both Tito and I were eating our yogurt together. Thank <laughs> you. We both like our yogurt. Although this child houses yogurt. Yes. He puts he, it away. He bodied half of the <laughs> container I just opened that shit back. this morning. Like he's in training for something. Right. Like, what are you running a marathon? Like Listen, chill. Listen, he's about to be hysterical. But he doesn't. Anyway. Uh, he loves yogurt, so he went through what was that his third bowl? Like, yeah, mind you, these are small; these are toddler bowls. So no, but still, he housed <laughs> half of a brand new container. Put of it yogurt. away, and then looked at me, and I had just 
finished my meager half bowl that I eat, you know, for breakfast with some granola in it. And he went, you know, he did like the point and then like, give me the little signs. No, he said, more please. Oh, yeah, he did the more please, but pointed at mine. He didn't mm-hmm. just want yogurt. He wanted daddy's yogurt. Yeah. And, you know, so I held up the empty bowl and I went, bowl. you know, there's no more. And he, this child, <laughs> the brow got furrowed. It was like a dark cloud just like <laughs> emerged from behind him. His brow got furrowed. He took his little purple plastic toddler spoon, raised it up to the heavens, started going, totally unintelligible Cthulhu mutterings under his breath, and then just went, zoom, and pointed it directly at me while still whispering, literally whispering things. Yeah, he was, I was like, oops, he didn't got you with a root, child. First of all, no. I I asked him. I was like, "Oh, did you tell Egun on Daddy?" And he right. said, "Egun." Nobody so knows yeah, what Egun is, he he told the ancestors. The ancestors. He's told the yes. ancestors. He, he let them know. He did because he and did, it's yeah. Friday, so it's you bro know, ancestor Egun day. day. We are all Man. in trouble in this house. I, you better not us. Nope, I ain't do nothing. <laughs> I ain't do nothing. It was a very directed hit. That's true. Yeah, it it was. was targeted. So it was you literally... better you better go clean off with some salt I know, or something. Go I, take some I, go take some Babalu uh, beans. If I turn to dust, <laughs> you will know why. <laughs> or someone was like, "Have you begun to turn into yogurt yet?" <laughs> uh, listen, I died. now you will all understand if that's it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm proud of our boy. <laughs> He's hysterical. Yeah, that kid, kid is really funny. He's like his father. Man, and I don't his know. Mother. Yeah, I don't know where he. Got it for, that was actually his that was going to be his fifth round of yogurt, <laughs> of yogurt? yeah insane. because i gave him three straight out of the container and then he got a fourth from you out of your bowl right he did and get it was some just a mine. spoonful it was the whispering and then oh, he was asking for the fifth i went to go gr- get the yogurt container and he said no <laughs> And point it to your bowl. It's the it's the deliberateness of it all. The yes. specificity. He said no. And then he put a he hit you with something. He, sure he hit did. you with something. I mean, I, I feel okay so far. So far. <laughs> so far so good. Dunk. We'll see. So far so good, but <laughs> but today we are here to talk about. Uh, do we want to talk about what we've been doing in the interim? Um. Uh. We can. Yeah. We I have, mean. Yeah. I. Go ahead. Oh. Well, you've been finishing a book. Yeah, I've been finishing uh, book three of the fin- the trilogy closer for the Forge and Fracture saga. Um, I know y'all are probably like, well, book two hasn't even come out. I know I'm on a book a year schedule. It's beating my ass, but we here. We out here. You're killing it. I mean, you're beating this I'm, ass, technically. You're hitting all your deadlines. It don't feel like it. This, it might not feel like it, but technically. This schedule got hands. Yes. This schedule got hands. That's understandable. <laughs> it's a struggle, but you're winning. Yeah. So, And also recovering known. from burnout, from uh, That's real. writing, uh, from editing book two and writing book three in my debut year. Yeah. Um, and also being a mom to a toddler and being in uh, a play and directing a whole other play That's and real. doing all this other stuff. Basically doing way too much. I'm, yeah. I'm recovering from doing way too much. I'm glad you said that because that's very real. People don't admit it enough that you know we struggle like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for my part, I too have been extremely busy. Um, I, if you follow my Substack, you know I've uh, really personally been struggling, as a lot of us have. I know you too have, uh, with mm-hmm. with the genocide going on in Palestine. Um, as a taxpayer in the U.S., as a Jew, it's horrific to watch. As a human being, it's horrific to watch. Mm-hmm. As someone who's um, like contributing to it financially and in whose name it is happening, it's 
really been horrific to um, behold. So the only way out that I know, person, you know, personally from my own emotional <laughs> well-being, which is the least important thing in a genocide, but still matters mm-hmm. to those of us on, you know, here, uh, has been to write about it and to uh, do the work in the Palestinian solidarity movements that are happening here and everywhere across the country. Thank God. Um, that's like, a, a, you know, I've talked a lot about how the way through trauma is by doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a truth that came very clear to me, became very clear to me as I was a medic. Um, and, and I've often said that that's true in the larger world too, not just in healing, in, in like the obvious ways of healing, but I think we are always healing as we do the work, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> with the caveat of not burning out. <laughs> but I, I honestly would be much more burnt out if I wasn't doing work around that. Um, mm-hmm. That's what, what was truly burning me out was silence. And and I wasn't even silent, <laughs> very rarely, very rarely silent. Mm-hmm. But um, I know like it's it's yeah, it's an ongoing struggle. And um, I'm really grateful that there is a community here in New Orleans that's been doing a lot of that work that I've been able to tap into and be in community with both in terms of healing and and also in terms of like speaking out and, and taking actions. So that's where a lot of my work has gone into. Um, a lot of the writing I've been doing is on my Substack, and a lot of there's other work in the in the works um, and mm-hmm. drawing and everything else. Um, I think art is made for times like this in some ways, both for our own inner process and for the world at large. Like for us to be in conversation with each other as we all you know deal with this collective trauma mm-hmm. of being alive during a genocide that has happened in, in our name from our money uh in so many ways so that's that's a lot of where my energy has been this past months and that's where it will be moving forward too in a lot of ways and that said i'm still writing star wars and writing my own work and loving it Mm -hmm. and we put out a book on tuesday Alyssa wong and i um are a book number 20 for you book book number number one for them yeah so that was really exciting escape from valo is out now and bookstores everywhere it's a middle grade uh, Star Wars adventure with lots of chaos and mm-hmm. fun. Um, so, all of those things have been happening in our lives. Yeah. And oh, I get. What, what? I guess we we haven't been back on the podcast since. So that self same metal is out in Spanish. Right. Um. It's also out in large print. Right. And it is out in paperback in the UK. So have at it, y'all. Go buy them books. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 So lots of different things, Um, human things, giant things, global things, Mm -hmm. book things. Um, But today we're here to answer a question, which we didn't pull up, which I didn't pull up. I just want y'all to know I've been sitting here basically (laughs) organizing the tech. So making sure the microphones work, setting everything up on the computer while he's been sitting there scrolling Instagram and TikTok. To be fair, there's a lot of interesting things So when he says we didn't pull up the question, I just want y'all to just like think about that and understand. (laughs) Don't think too hard though. (laughs) Not. It's not a we. Think momentarily. It's not a we Let it be but a flash. Today we are here to answer the question from Lauren Clark. Who is, by the way, a High Republic fan and cosplayer and super awesome. Um, Here's the question. Hi, I have a question for both of you. When writing multiple points of view, how do you make sure the different characters don't sound the same and blend together? It's something I've been struggling with in my own writing. Thanks. 
Mm. First off, really, genuinely a great question. Yeah. It's often said that there are no bad questions. That's false. This is a great <laughs> one. There are plenty of terrible questions, but this no, is a really good one. But just to stay in the moment, Mom, yes. just stay in this moment. Yes. yes it's yes. a good question. Yes. And it's very, it's a, it's a difficult <laughs> thing to do, um, writing multiple POVs. At first I was like, I don't write multiple POVs. What? And then remembered my Star Wars story where I wrote... <laughs> In a short story. On top right. of that, the vignettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Right. I forgot. It's a, I mean, to be fair, like, that's a different example of it, but it's still an example yeah. of it. Like, if yeah. it was vignette, well, let me explain. So, in That Self Same Metal, Brittany has a, it's a, the main story is told through the close third POV of Joan, uh, who's our protagonist. But there are these, like, breakout vignettes throughout the book that, that take interludes. us. Interludes. is the word that mm-hmm. you use. And they take us to different parts of London where we're getting moments of the Fae attacking random civilians across mm-hmm. London. Citizens. And yes. they they build the world a lot and they kind of give us a chance to kind of like break out of the story a little bit, but it still mm-hmm. feeds into the larger narrative. So it's super cool. I love it. It's been a lot of people's favorite part of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's actually great because we usually think of POV switches as like the sort of standard version, which I've done a lot, which is like just a bunch of different POV characters, right? Most Star Wars mm-hmm. books have a couple different ones. Et cetera, et cetera. But th- there are other versions, and that's a really good example of a non-traditional kind of yeah. POV break. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, no. So um, just for just for clarity's sake, yeah. POV, point of view, that's right. the character whose head we are in mm-hmm. um, throughout the story, who's kind of taking us through everything with their perspective. Um, usually, uh, you can either write in first person, which is I, mm-hmm. I this, I did that, or I do this, or whatever. Um, or in third person, which is he, she, they did, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people write in second person, but very rarely. Fancy. Right, and that's a you, that's a you problem. <laughs> ha! No, but that's like you, you did, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and then uh, you get you can kind of get into the weeds with it. So with third person, you can have close third, right? Where you're only in the head of whoever is our like point of view character in this moment. So you can't jump into the thoughts of other characters nearby. Or yeah. um, I was thinking it was like you're sitting on the shoulder. You're like yeah. a little, you're a little guy. Sitting you're a little on guy the on this person's shoulder, or yeah. like you're. You can it's read like their um, being John Malkovich. You're <laughs> looking. You're in their head. Yeah. You're like in their head. Um. Uh. And then there's uh. Um, omniscient yeah mm-hmm. omniscient third which is you see everything you, can, you see everything you can jump into whoever's head that's really i that's hard for me to write mm-hmm. i don't write that i write close third i'd say most bo- i think books i feel like the trend has moved a lot towards close third but i think oh, a long time ago or from a lot of the time of the world um but a lot of books have been written in omniscient third mm-hmm. but that i feel like that's more old school but there is no right way. You know, you do. Yeah. It's it's important to know about because you mm-hmm. do want to have an understanding, especially because people falsely think there's a right way. And you'll get clocked sometimes by editors or agents to be like, oh, I thought this was in this when suddenly it's in that. And that can be a good comment. I don't want to like negate the importance of that comment. You know, if it, like the like switching from close to omniscient right mm-hmm. which happens a lot. Like it's a thing that is done a lot. And yeah. even if it wasn't, it would be valid to try it. The question is, are you aware that you're doing it? Right. Or are you just suddenly slipping in? Because where things mm-hmm. do get confusing is if you've been in one character's close third 
POV for a whole book or half a book, and then suddenly you kind of slip out for funsies, it's going to really throw people off unless mm-hmm. there's an intentionality behind it. So you have to be aware. Yeah. Basically. You do. You do. You have yeah. to do it intentionally. You there's can't a, do it. You can't just drift into it. There's a great series called The Diviners by Libba Bray, where mm. it's a YA series, um, historical fantasy uh, set in New York in the 20s, I believe. And she does these similar kind of do breakout chapters that mm-hmm. are like, but they're a little more like, <clears throat> like uh, taking the temperature of the nation at that moment. Like oh, okay. they're very grandiose and beautiful prose that do all this kind of like high languagey stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's totally distinct from the more on the ground close third with each of the characters that okay. we have, which is another really interesting, all these are to say like there's a be playful with it. I think it's mm-hmm. the first thing I would throw out there. Like don't yeah. get stuck in just because that's how people do things. You got to have like this set number of characters. I also like the technique of, uh, I've read some books where they'll switch, like one POV will be in first and another, another will be in third, mm. which is a choice. Interesting, yeah. complicated. A lot of romance mm. um, novels will switch close third between the female love interest or between the two love interests. Right, right. Um, which, you know, is nice. And that's where it I, can be confusing sometimes. And that's what I think speaks directly to the question at hand, which is how to distinguish between mm-hmm. them, which is a really good question. Once again, and yeah. in part because there isn't a very simple answer, right? That's why it's no, a good question. Not. And I think to some degree, it's one of those questions where the answer to it is in asking the question. Like, because there isn't like a do this, do that answer, it's more like you have to enter into the process of creating multiple POVs with that question at the forefront of your mind. Right. I mean, well, the the answer really is in character. I, was, I thought you were going to say voice because I was going to say voice. But voice I mean, is but character. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, totally. It's yeah. your character's voice. Exactly. You have to find what that is and you have to kind of um, stick to that as you describe things. So what it's in the things that your character takes note of. Mm, um, the things that they ignore mm-hmm. that a, a different character may take note of. The mm-hmm. things that they know. The things that are constantly on their mind. Um, the things that they kind of hold up to um, to relate the things that they use to relate to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if, say, one of your characters, like if you have two POV characters and one is um, a, like master electrician and the other one is a chef, the way the electrician moves through the world is going to be one way. They're going right. to notice this thing, that thing, this thing, the other thing. The way a chef moves through the world is going to be different. Right. So the chef may notice like the smells of, um, you know, food cooking nearby in the neighborhood and be able to pick out exactly what spices are being used. Mm-hmm. Um, the electrician may like walk by an abandoned house and like notice a, the buzz of mm-hmm. uh, um, of a broken transformer that's about to blow. Right. So. You know, that's one way that you can layer in differences. That's a great with story. POV, way yeah, with POV characters. So. Yeah, I love that because uh, that's um, not about voice exactly. Like it is about voice, but like not in the sense of like which words are on the page or, or word choice, but more in the sense of like story choice and, mm-hmm. and like uh, description even and world yeah. building. And that's what's cool about it because, you know, we always talk about multitasking and you're always multitasking as a writer. 
you know, so when you're doing, for instance, a description, you're also telling us about the character mm -hmm. based on exactly what you just said, like what they notice, what they care about, what stands out. And it's a really cool opportunity to multitask and to try different things, you know. And then on the level of voice, I do think, um, I think rhythm and cadence are really important. Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit overlooked because they're, first of all, because they're musical. Mm -hmm. And a lot of writers pretend we're not making music when we really are. Yeah, no, I'm agreed. And I'm, I I'm, she, I, I was, she shrugged. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, some writers don't that's know true. music beyond as yeah. a listener. You well, know? I'm, that's all I'm talking about. I don't think you need to know. I do, but I don't think you need to to understand. Like, like a lot of times I bring my listening to the page more than like any knowledge yeah. I might have. Or let me say they they their awareness of music is only as a thing that they listen to that invokes a reaction not sure, as like sure, something sure. that a tool that they can use to yeah um to serve their writing right uh yes totally true and so and some don't think about sonicness at all and mm -hmm. that's fine i would just say you i will i will put out there that you don't need to know like music theory to use music in your writing or to bring musicality to your writing you just have to listen. And that's actually the word that I keep coming back to in this conversation as I'm thinking it through is the word listen, which I think all mm -hmm. writing advice goes back to listening, basically. And and it's undertaught skill. Mm -hmm. And it's the importance of listening, like, is not emphasized nearly to the degree that it should be in a lot of writing programs. But you have to listen for so many different reasons. Uh, we've talked about it in terms of self-reflection and, mm -hmm. and self-care, you know, being able to listen to yourself, uh, understanding your own process is a form of listening. But in this case, it's a really very concrete version of it because you have to be able to listen to voice yeah. of people around mm -hmm. you and nuances. Like, when do we pause? When do we flow? Mm -hmm. You know, when do things get choppy emotionally, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, when are we at a loss for words? Or when do we get overly verbose to intellectualize something that we're afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many verbal tics and cues and ways that we tell on ourselves or tell about our own characters just based on our choices in language that are so interesting. And you're not going to, you don't have to, just like with music theory, like you don't have to like, have a total understanding and theory about each one and do sentence diagrams. You just have to listen and, mm -hmm. and develop a feel for it and feel for the nuances, a feel for the musicality of how we talk. Um, and that's something I come back to a lot um, in general, in, in terms of my own people ask me like my writing influences. And I would say about half of them are books themselves and half of them are the people that we listen to in our lives. Mm. You know, like I learned, and I say this all the time. I learned to write from my fellow paramedics, you know, mm -hmm. from like folks in the bodega, like from my family, like telling stories, you mm -hmm. know, and that's that's so important. And if you do tap into that, because I say that because I think we get caught up in words on the page as the only form of literature mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. without any kind of disrespect to books, which obviously we all are love and are surrounded by literally in this room. Um, we love books. Uh, books come from stories that people tell each other mm -hmm. around a campfire or, you know, in a bodega or whatever. Like it's all back to storytelling. And I'll say that again and again, because it's important. And if you can listen to people and understand like the, yes, the meaning of their words, but also the meaning of their musicality of, mm. of their uh, rhythms that they yeah. speak then that's how part of how you develop voice in relationship to character. Mm -hmm. And I'll say something that helps me with distinguishing um, POV, POVs is to treat the narration like dialogue. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, just, you know, the same way you have characters speak differently to each other to have there be some distinction. The way that their thoughts flow when yeah. you are in, particularly when you're writing in close third or especially when you're writing in first person, the way those thoughts flow um, is very specific to each person. And um, if you find yourself being stuck in your initial drafting and not sure how to, how to, you know, signify that difference, yes, mm-hmm. differentiate. Um, just don't worry about it, write it, just write, and then go back and you can make right. your tweaks. Um, sometimes I find it easier for me to write dialogue than mm-hmm. to write the moments in between. Mm-hmm. So in my first draft, sometimes scenes will be very dialogue heavy. And then I go back in and layer in more description, more, um, more, uh, you know, interactions between the characters and stuff. Um, that are nonverbal, more nonverbal things. So, right. yeah, don't don't let um, trying to differentiate in the immediate keep you from writing right. that first draft. Right. Yeah, that's beautifully put. I think a lot in terms of tour guides, actually. <laughs> think, mm, mm-hmm. think about, um, you know, a narrator is a tour guide, right? And yeah. there's different kinds of tour guides. There's ones that uh, have a, like a very rehearsed speech that they give you. And sometimes it's, there's different kinds of rehearsed speeches, right? There's the guy on the top of the two double decker bus. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, over here we have the lovely Superdome or whatever. And then you have like your taxi driver Mm -hmm. who's like, Oh, that's where they shot Johnny. You know what I mean? Like there's a totally different voices talking about the same city and, and relating to you in a, in a totally different way. Um, and those are obviously very extreme, right? But there's so many variations within that. And I, I just think that's what a narrator is doing. You know? Yeah, so, but you know, yeah. that's what I like that it's what the way they talk about place. Yeah, exactly. Um, is based on the things that they hold as important to them mm-hmm. and the ways in which they relate to the world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then it, you know, it ultimately, it ultimately goes back to character. Right. Um, if you need to do like a little free write about your character to just get some like background, um, some backstory that doesn't necessarily or may not necessarily make it into the book itself, but mm-hmm. just get a, a clearer idea of what they think of this, what they think of that, mm-hmm. um, what they hope, what's important to them, mm-hmm. um, so that you, when you come across something as you're drafting the book itself you already have uh, that touchstone right. to, to work from. It's tricky because there's a layer to it, like many things, <laughs> that's just vibes. Yeah, no, it also is vibes. And how do you write vibes? You don't. You vibe them. <laughs> you know, you, you like, yeah. there isn't a recipe, there isn't an equation. I will say I think sometimes editors, uh, particularly uh, white editors, mm-hmm. uh, get thrown off by other cultures and just the way that we speak, you know, in different and the nuances of our speech can sometimes get past a white editor in different ways or just an editor who's not us. Mm-hmm. And so you'll, you'll get notes like, Oh, why are these two characters speaking the same? And they're not, they're just both speaking like in a certain lingo that the editor recognizes as other, mm-hmm. but with a wash, you know, just, it just becomes a wash of mm-hmm. otherness rather than the, the deep, differences you know just take like dominican spanish and cuban spanish right for an example mm-hmm. and the way that those then translate into spanglish yeah um they're different 
they're different and they're different in ways that I couldn't exactly necessarily write out in a chart yeah. for you. Uh, but I can feel them and I can vibe them out. Yeah. And an editor who's not Latina isn't necessarily going to be able to do that or Caribbean Latina mm-hmm. specifically. Right. That doesn't make that person bad. Like it doesn't, yeah. you know, but are they going to then enforce that wash on your writing? That's where you have to stop things and be like, ho, 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 ho. You see, uh, you know, certain like uh, grammar decisions or, or forms of, of um, vernacular mm-hmm. that you just recognize as one single thing. And what we're seeing and knowing is like this broad range of difference within those that, that matters. And I think that has to be understood and talked about for us to really deal with voice and difference. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. That's legit. Um, thankfully, my editor's not like that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't but, worked with oh. anyone like that in a long time, if ever. But I yeah. know it happens. Cause no, I've it does happen. It does. It, it definitely does happen. I um, have it on short stories, too. And uh, <sighs> I lucked out because I am... I'm writing um, characters in six in the sixteen early sixteen hundreds in England, so there's a complete <laughs> difference um, in uh, speech and thought and um, perspective. Um, I I decided intentionally not to lean too heavily into what the speech actually would have sounded like back then. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because it was this time of transition for the English language going from um, Middle English to Early Modern English. So people were still, there was a transition between using like thee and thou and thy Mm -hmm. into you um, and words were still being cultivated, developed, and it just, it it would have been too much. It would have taken readers out of the story if right. I was trying to be authentic. So I just right. tried to sound archaic, mm. not necessarily um, period accurate. Right. But you also, uh, you made flow and readability and clarity your true north more than mm-hmm. anything else, which yes. is important. Like there, there's an ongoing conversation about kind of that question of authenticity in historical work and like yeah. how much, you know, you need to uh, yeah. keep I mean, to that. Yeah. And there isn't a right answer, you know, like yeah. everything, there's going to be different writers have different things. But if you're writing a novel, the no- the story and the novel itself have to be the true north. Yeah. I mean, my, my uh, goal with this series in particular is to um, entertain, first right. of all. Right. Um, and to entertain teenagers. Right. Um, to um, demystify Shakespeare the person and Shakespeare the works a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, and to make people curious about the history and their place in history. Mm. Um, But it's not to, I'm not writing a textbook. Right, exactly. Um, Knowing that matters. I'm writing a, a YA fantasy novel with a bunch of, right, with a bunch of queer people running around (laughs) fighting fairies so like that's not it's fine it's totally fine it is fine and it it should be fun and you know you we are but i think it's a it's a moving it's an ever-moving intersection right Mm -hmm. because you also did incredible amounts of research oh yeah you have a deep understanding of the era so you're making really informed decisions Mm -hmm. it's not yolo at all it's very like you're picking and choosing what the book needs, what the work of mm-hmm. fiction needs to really come to life and to speak to readers. And those yeah. are back smart. to vibes. It's vibes. It is vibes, it's vibes. but it's well-informed vibes. Yeah. 
Last thing I want to say was, um, I think sometimes it can be a really good alarm bell if you are writing two characters that sound too much alike. It, it could be because of all the things we talked about, and it might be that you just need to differentiate their voices. It might mean that you have two characters that are too much alike. And, you know, there's an old saying. It's not an old saying. There's a truism of editing where, you know, sometimes there's a character. If you can blend two characters together with, like, a couple strokes of the keys, then you probably should. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them doesn't need to be around. Yep. I have done that multiple times. <laughs> Remember Dr. Hill Squad? Yes. You cut a whole character. And it was like, that was very easy. We cut two out of Escape from Valo. Oof. Escape from Valo had a crew, like a big ass crew. And yeah. we started chopping and we we're like, yep, they all. Like, nope, yep. You, yeah. There's like a whole outtakes album. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, um, that might be true for you. And it's something to all mm-hmm. really check into. Like if you do find yourself like going over your work and being like, which character is this? You might not have, you might yeah. not need that extra character. And that might, might be a good thing. It. Or you, it might mean go the opposite direction and you have some differentiation to work on who they are. Mm-hmm. As characters, like what a thing. It's really helpful when having multiple characters to really be intentional about placing them, right? So, um, Battle Hill Bolero is a war novel. It's the third book in the Bone Street Roomba series. And I knew um, I was going to have this battle, this big set piece that was a battle. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted characters that I could deploy on either side of the, of the battle lines in mm-hmm. that world. Um, so, that was part of my decision making. And I also knew I wanted characters that weren't going to overlap in their arcs. Uh, they all had places to go, and I knew the vaguest idea. I had the vaguest idea of their long arcs, and so I wanted to make sure that they were arcs that would be in conversation with each other, mm-hmm. not discordantly similar to the point that they would, you know, just cause friction yeah. or, or just overlap and be boring. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are decisions you're making that are like fundamental to the book. And while they are fundamental, that doesn't mean that you can't make them late in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's it's it, it is a lot of work. It might be, or it might just be like. Uh, find and replace yeah yeah and if it's that then you definitely know you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i i will say um i was gonna mention name drop uh battle hill Mm. um and um midnight taxi as Mm -hmm. examples of um very distinct pov characters um like different pov characters that have very distinct voices right um Thank you. So, yes, of course, the famously out of print. Um, right. So, Which is a flex. Yeah. Right. If you can get it, it's, it's not a flex. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> Daniel narrates the audiobook. So, yes. if you can listen to the audiobook too, excellent. Yes. Quite excellent. They're, they're um, coming back. We haven't yeah. figured out how yet, or I'm not disclosing how yet, yeah. but they are on the way okay. back. But, Good. But yeah. Good well, time. the third Shadow Shaper book also yes. has multiple POVs mm-hmm. Shadow Shaper Legacy. Um, also, excellent book. Thank you. And thank then you. Um, the other one I was going to drop mm. is um, Six of Crows <sighs> by Lee Bardugo, one of which the best of all um, time. You have all of the POV characters are in us in the same situation, and it's like she masterfully uses switching POVs to hide um, to hide and reveal aspects of this major heist mm-hmm. in a really lovely way. And you have these six characters who are so different, so distinct. Um, it never gets confusing about whose head you're in. Yeah, she's a master. Um, yeah, so of everything. If you if you need a if you need to keep a book on your shelf. Yes. And you need to refer to that to be like how do I how do I make like POV characters distinct? Six mm. of Crows. Yes. Yes. Is. 100%. So, yeah, but yeah, she also does it in um other books in the Grishaverse and in mm. really lovely ways. Um so yeah yeah agreed 
that's the that's the one I always use as a recommendation because mm-hmm. that's the one. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. with any writing question or writing issue, you can't you run across or something where you're like, oh, I really don't know how to do that. I'm really struggling with this. Keep keep track of the writers who do who achieve it in ways that you really admire and that mm-hmm. inspire you. Yeah. Um, you can kind of jot it down in a notebook, write down like reflections of that in a notebook. You can keep the books in um, like close at hand. So if you if you read on a e-reader, keep them on your e-reader. Mm-hmm. If you like having um, hard copy books, keep them on a bookshelf. Uh, the bookshelf closest to my desk has all of my like inspirational mm-hmm. books on it. So I can just grab it. I struggle with description, so I have folks that I look to and I'm like, oh, your description is amazing. I've been, you know, as I read more and more, I've been noting people whose like descriptions I love so that I can kind of improve there. Um, If you find bits of dialogue that you're like, oh, shit, that was a bar. Write that down in your little inspiration notebook. Um, If you just like uh, a turn of phrase, you can write that down in your notebook. If you like... If you want to know how to do really good POV switching, anytime you come across really good POV switching, make a note of that so you can always go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like the, you, it's not, <laughs> I don't want to say steal, steal it, but it's, it's not, it's inspiration. No, it's, yeah, it's inspiration. You learn by, Absolutely. you learn by watching. You're not going to write the same book. No, <laughs> so you're, not. It's, you're taking, you're always going to be Frankensteining from mm-hmm. inspirations, whether that's in the world, uh, like we were saying at the bodega with, you know, at work, like you're listening. Mm-hmm. That's a similar thing. Like you're taking inspiration and you're, and you're taking notes, you know, mm-hmm. that you do it with other authors. Um, and then lastly, I would say too, so for the second time, lastly, <laughs> take it. <laughs> Take it as a really great challenge and invitation. The idea of multiple POVs is an invitation to stretch yourself mm-hmm. and be more playful and be more experimental as a writer with the concept of voice, with yeah. the sound of the rhythms of the way that we speak. And mm-hmm. that's a great thing. That's going to make you a better writer. Even if you totally fail at it, you're going to yeah. come out a better writer and you're going to learn a lot about your own process, about the character and realize, oh, okay, that's not who that is. Cool. Figure out who that person is, but also recognize that you've learned a lot on the way. Mm -hmm. And with that. Yeah. All right. This has been Ink Bottle. Yep. Uh, Podcast on creativity, parenting, and creative Creative parenting. parenting. Thank you all so much. You can find us at uh, danieljoseolder.net. And brittanynwilliams.com. And here on Substack. Yes. And all across the social media webs at... A bunch of different things for Daniel and pew, pew, pew. at Brittany X <laughs> everywhere for me. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. And thank you, Sage. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And um, as always, if y'all have questions, oh, yeah, hit yeah, us yeah. with the questions. Um, clearly, we will answer them. We love questions. Yes, Ask we more do. questions. Um, and yeah. Uh, we don't have a fancy sign off. No, we don't. We did, but I forgot did. it. Bottles down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bottles up. <laughs> Bottoms up. Bottoms up. <laughs> Um, no, uh, yeah, so we forgot our sign off. We'll figure it out. We'll listen back and remember it. But until then, bye. See y'all later. Bye.